It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Sid. I'm Tay. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 14. Here we are, back again. <laughs> are, you sh- <laughs> are you shocked or surprised? <laughs> <laughs> we're, ba- we're back. Hey, here for you. Always. Well, not always, but for at least the next year and a half or so. Maybe three oh. years? It's seven seasons. I'm pretty sure... That my my only frame of reference for this was uh, Gilmore Guys, who also did seven seasons of a TV show, and I think they were running for like three years. So we'll be here for the next three years or so. Wow. Oh, man. When you put it That's, like that. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's so long. <laughs> I will be in my 30s uh, by the time we finish Boy Meets World. You'll almost be 30. Uh, weird. We talk weird. about aging a lot on here, I've noticed. Yeah. Not intentionally. It just keeps happening. I'm, it's just kind I'm of just... the nature of the show. Like, <laughs> it's a show from the 90s. They're also growing up and we're growing up. So yeah. I don't know what you want. <laughs> always, always growing up. What are you nostalgic for this week? Uh, I'm nostalgic for, I don't know how to phrase this, actually, but all of the okay. platforms that do the recaps. I mean, we kind of mentioned Spotify wrapped, right? When that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, but like the Twitch recap just came out. Um, yeah, Nintendo Switch had a recap. Uh, so Did they really, yeah, I found it online, um, and I was—it's just <sighs> fun to go back and look at everything that I did or listened to or watched or whatever. Yeah. Like they did—they just make me happy. Um, I, I don't know. I, and I always love when people share them because I'm like, what are you into? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Which, by the way, you were my number two highest Twitch stream. Wait, that's so, so nice. Under Matt yeah. Doyle, I assume. Yeah, it told me that I was a super <laughs> fan of his. So. <laughs> Love that for you. Love that uh, for you. It's what I she did deserves. a lot of watching. But yeah, I mean, like the Nintendo Switch basically told me uh, I played many hours of Animal Crossing, but it did <gasps> tell shocked. me pretty much... Um, Last year, I was more sad and alone because I had like double the amount of hours <laughs> last year. So I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm uh, getting better. But yeah, I always just like looking back at photos and just kind of reflecting and being nostalgic like this. And so it's really nice that they've done it in a concise way that I can just yeah. look at it. The, um, the Twitch one was really cool um, yeah. because I started Twitch streaming this year. And so to be on anybody's uh list is the just coolest thing in the whole world and it makes me feel really happy and special so um a couple of people have tweeted at me uh and told me that i'm on their list which is just so nice it oh my god it's so <laughs> nice it's so nice as um, you should it's always fun streams so thanks <laughs> i think my i think the crony emoji or no 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 it wasn't the crony one it was the the clean was my number one, one used one yeah it's i so, love that i love that emoji uh yeah but that's that what are you nostalgic for swing sets oh i miss swinging <laughs> yeah right when i moved to illinois um i was born here and then we moved around a lot and then um when i turned 7 we moved back and we stayed and um 
when we moved back in my backyard, I don't know why, but like my my parents got me like a swing set. And so I had like a little um it had it, it was like a little, you know, like treehouse thing, and then there was a slide and then a couple swings. And mm-hmm. um I played on it <laughs> a handful of times. And then it got covered in like vines and like like it rained once and the wood got like kind of rotty and it I never played on it again. <laughs> But um, I loved when for the like year and a half that I played on it as a small child, it was really fun to have. Um, And I don't know, it just reminds me of simpler times in childhood and just in general, like swings are the best thing on a playground. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love, love, love a good swing set. Mm, I love that so much. I forget how much I enjoyed just sitting and swinging for mm-hmm. so long. <laughs> for so long. It feels like hours. It's never actually hours, but... That'd be amazing if you were actually swinging for hours. Oh my god, imagine. How... Were you uh, a, a kid that jumped off the swings? Fly up in the air and do big jumps? I was occasionally. Like, I didn't okay. want to do it every time, but I yeah. the first time I did it, I remember feeling like the coolest kid, though, because I was like, I've got this. Like, it's I'm so cool. gonna land... <laughs> I was terrified to swing. Yeah. I, I would do a little jump, but like some kids would get like really up there and I was never one of those. I was like, how? You're going to die. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would do a little bit. I would slow down pretty substantially and then get a little a little height, but not a lot well, of like actual flying. Yeah, because like some places and some playgrounds had wood chips underneath and I yeah. never wanted to do it on the ones that had the wood chips because I yeah. was like, I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I am a child and I know that uh things can hurt me and wood chips are that. I don't want splinters. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Oh. Ooh. We we hurt ourselves on yeah. accident. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Not not great. Um but yeah. Wanna get into it? Yes, I would love to. Yeah. Uh season two, episode fourteen is titled I Am Not a Crook. Uh the episode aired on January thirteenth, nineteen ninety five. And I've noticed this with um just they they're always really good about like tying in things of the calendar year yeah and i thought that it was interesting that this was not even during an election time really but yeah. it is around like when it would happen when you so would... yeah yeah anyway fun Corey is struggling to fit in at school so he decides to run for class president the campaign goes well until Corey makes some promises he can't keep to gain popularity oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good it's so funny how often stuff is about Corey like fitting in <laughs> yeah i um, uh i kind of commented on that in some of my notes <laughs> yeah all right well let's get into it uh first seed we're at school Corey and sean are in the hallway and sean is suggesting clubs for Corey to join he shoots down everyone and says sean none of these are me here i am going into my eighth year of public education and who am i and sean like, pretty matter-of-factly says, you're you. You're Corey Matthews. Corey rebuts, there's no Corey Matthews club on here. There's no club for regular guys who don't know who they are and aren't great at anything, which makes <laughs> me really sad for him. <laughs> and Sean suggests he start one, and Corey says, I probably wouldn't get in. And the bell rings, and they head towards class, and Sean says, come on, Corey. You got a lot of good qualities. You're honest, loyal, and decent. And Corey very sadly says, housebroken, too. I'm a stinking beagle. <laughs> and they <laughs> headed to Turner's class for homeroom. He's talking about elections for the eighth grade class president. Corey fake coughs, who cares? And Turner fires back, detention. And Corey coughs, sorry. And it's very funny. (laughs) 
Uh, Turner says, people whine and moan about the way things are run around here, but this is a chance to change things by getting involved. Remember, this is a student election, and the class collectively finishes. It's not a popularity contest. And then Turner says, you know, I think we've been spending a little too much time together. And he continues, the point is, your class president doesn't need to be a quarterback or a cheerleader. You'll be much better off with someone who's honest, loyal, and decent. Turner just casually pissing on quarterbacks and cheerleaders here. Like, they can't be good people. (laughs) (laughs) love love those stereotypes from schools (laughs) (laughs) truly just perpetuated by the teachers uh sean hears this and is like Corey, that's it you wanted to know who you are you could be president Corey shoots us down as turner asks for nominations um one of the nerd coded kids says i got someone good i nominate me and turner's like your humility is impressive Mies, but someone else has to nominate you (laughs) me says topanga how about it and she says no go away and don't look at me (laughs) turner's like Come on, V says the guts to run. Someone should have the guts to nominate him. And Corey says, all right, big deal. I'll nominate him. And Sean says, what are you doing? That's your competition. And Corey says, I'm not running. And then Sean stands up and says, the great state of Sean nominates the people's choice, Corey Matthews. Corey stands up now and yells no. And Sean says, no, he will not settle for second-rate leadership. And Turner's like, Matthews, you've been nominated. Do you accept? Corey says, no way. And Sean puts in, no way would he turn down his chance to serve his fellow students. Turner's like, what are you, his handler? Sean says, yes, I am. And Corey's like, no, he's not. Look, I don't know anything (laughs) about being president. I wouldn't have a clue. I'm not somebody special. I'm just an average guy like all of you. And while he's saying all of this, he's made his way up to the front of the classroom. And when he sees everybody looking at him, he gets a burst of confidence. He says, the simple, hardworking students who struggle day after day with too much homework, unfair teachers, and an antiquated justice system that relies too much on detention. And if elected, if I win, and you guys vote for me, I would say to each and every one of you, and here he grabs the flag from the flag stand and starts holding it and gesturing with it, and he finishes, hey, thanks, and Turner just looks on confused, and that is the end of the scene. (laughs) Okay, lots to say about this (laughs) whole scene was the american flag grab really necessary no (laughs) (laughs) and they're playing like Um, patriotic music behind him too yeah it's a weird vibe but yeah it's fun (laughs) um he really did love that authority so that was (laughs) noted at the way beginning of the scene when they are listing off the clubs uh, there's a moment where they say the drama club and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, no. And I just had a moment of how dare you? Because the <laughs> club is simply the best. Yeah. You probably enjoy it because anyone that I knew that was into theater is the best time in theater. <laughs> yeah. And he would have been very like drama most of the time. Um, In all of my experience, drama club and theater people are overwhelmingly accepting people. Like, <laughs> yeah, he and- probably would have been really great. <laughs> And the reason he gave it was because, oh, it's guys in tights, which, like, that's not what it is a lot of the time. But the 90s. But even when he was in the play in, like, Mm -hmm. the first season, I that was first season, Yeah, it was first season, yeah. He had a good time. (laughs) So, like, sad. The last thing about this scene uh, was when all the kids were saying, it's not a popularity contest. At my school, it always was a popularity contest. Oh, a million percent. So that's some BS right there from the beginning. Uh, But yeah, it's it's a fun time. Let's see where this goes. (laughs) When I was in high school, I wasn't allowed to do much by way of clubs. And Mm -hmm. there were like a million clubs. And I fully understand the idea of like, Oh, like none of these really feel like me, but there's, especially in high school, there's so many clubs. Like it doesn't make sense to me that he has 
no interest in literally any of them. Like, yeah, there was like video game club at my high school. Like, I yeah. know you like that stuff. Come on. There's no way. We only hear three options, but. Yeah, I, I guess I also just feel like you want to feel like you're cool, but you're not. Because that was definitely me in high school, unfortunately. Sure. I hated that, but yeah. that was me. I remember we had like an anime club and like mm-hmm. that would have been cool as hell. But at the time I was like, oh, no, Ooh, if, if I do that, it's going to be weird. Yeah. And so eh, it's weird, but you're right. I mean, I'm sure that there would have been something. <laughs> There's probably even a cooking club, which would have been really cool. Yeah. There's everything. Yeah. Anyway, next scene. We're in the hallway. Sean says, you've got something, man. You could really win this. And Corey's like, yeah, but Sean, there's like 400 kids in our grade and I don't even know most of them. Sean says, that's why we have to take your message from the lunchrooms to the bathrooms, from the halls to the stalls. We have to tell everyone who you are. And Corey's like, but I'm not anybody. And Sean yells, say it again. And Corey, (laughs) sadder, says, I'm not anybody. And Sean, still excited, says, that's what they like. You're not some handsome, smart, popular guy. You're not cool. You're not even halfway. And Corey cuts him off. He's like, hey, thank you i got it he says you're on my side right and sean says there is no other side i'm gonna put together a campaign like this school's never seen and then does a metaphor about an unstoppable tidal wave that i'll be honest i just didn't want to type out it's very long uh (laughs) Corey says you're getting off on this aren't you and sean's like i gotta say i am Hard cut to Sean talking into a camera saying, this is Corey Matthews' campaign commercial, directed by me. The following is paid for citizens to elect Corey, which so far is just me. He pans over to Corey and yells action, and Corey starts walking around shaking (laughs) random students' hands, grinning, um, while Sean, in some sort of like voiceover, says, Corey Matthews, honest, loyal, decent, a leader who dares to say, and then Corey on screen says, hey, I'm average. He walks over to Topanga and says, well, hello there, young lady. And what do you think of me? Topanga very sweetly says, hi, Corey. Tell me how you plan to make this school a more effective institution for the entire student body. And Corey starts, well, that's a very... Sean, and then they both look at the camera as Sean calls cut. And we get a shot of them in the hallway. And Sean says, Topanga, can you please just read what I wrote out for you? Topanga goes, yeah, like I'm going to say... And here she reads from the card, Corey's cute and cuddly. That's what's important to me as a girl. And Sean's like, what? And she said, this is not how I think. This is not how any girl thinks. And there's no M in cuddly. Well, what part of cuddly do you think Sean wrote an M? <laughs> I would love if it was the M after the two Ds. <laughs> yeah. Cuddly. Oh, man. Uh, Corey says to Pega, please. Sean knows what he's doing. And Sean's like, no, no, I don't. Corey says, what? And Sean continues, really? She's right. I should have been more sensitive to our female brothers. He takes the notes from her and rips them up and says, tell you what, these are gone. I want you to say whatever you think needs to be said as a human being who just happens to be female. She says, apology accepted. And as he pulls the camera back up and says, before you start, could you wet your lips? And she yells, you are so sleazy and leaves. And Sean very earnestly is like, what? And then to Corey again says, what? (laughs) Which is the worst. Like, he doesn't even understand that it's terrible. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, I love Topanga asking the hard-hitting questions there. I do think Corey's very much a dork in the scene. (laughs) He's just walking with this weird swagger. Yeah. 
<laughs> not right. Um, yeah. I really did love going back to the handheld camera view because I loved the first time that they did that when they were filming around the school. So that was just nice to see. But um, yeah. there's one moment that I wrote down and I don't actually know when it was, but there's one time where like a lone audience member is just clapping. <laughs> and I, it was something I think that Topanga had said to Sean in part of their yeah. conversation. But you just hear this one person just going <laughs> off and clapping. And I was like, Clearly, you are just (laughs) trying to, like, reach for something. Like, you can stop. (laughs) If you get in one clap and no one else is clapping, just stop it. (laughs) Aren't you embarrassed? I'll try and go back and figure out when that was, but it was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We hard cut again to Sean filming Eric in the Matthews kitchen saying, The idea here is that you and your brother share a common bond brotherhood we want to show that to the voters and eric says so basically you just want to see me being an older brother john says there you go okay action and he pans over to Corey coming through the back door and eric yells hey core and Corey's like hey there older brother and we pay <laughs> back over to eric as he says i was just sitting here thinking what makes my little brother special what sets him apart from the other seventh grade candidates is it his allergy to scallops is it his scooby-doo thermos no, I think it's his fuzzy bunny pajamas with a cottontail. And Corey is like protesting while Eric started to do all this. But then Sean pans over to him as he says, I haven't worn those for years, I swear. And Eric starts bouncing the clearly toddler-sized pajamas around saying, <laughs> boingy, boingy, vote for me. And Corey fights him away from him and Sean yells cut. And we get an actual fade transition instead of a hard cut. So I'm going to call that the end of the scene. I love the sibling in yeah. that where he's just revealing his secets. It makes me... <laughs> Especially like as the older sibling and my mm-hmm. sibling, it makes sibling me energy. really happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we go to the next scene. We're in the kitchen still. Time is just passing. I have no idea what day it is. Um, but Corey's sitting at a table with an open pizza box and a script as Sean films him. Amy comes down the stairs to ask what they're doing. And Sean says, cut, very suspiciously. And Corey just quickly says, campaign commercial. And Amy says, is this your script? And Corey tries to stop her from grabbing it, but she does before he can and starts to read it. It's morning at Corey's and he's having pizza for breakfast. Yes, Corey does pretty much whatever he wants. Why? Because his parents are dead. (laughs) She, (laughs) She looks at him and he says, Sean wrote it. And so she turns to Sean and he goes, Mrs. Matthews, I could lie to you. And Amy says, oh, why stop now? And John says, our research shows that parents are not thought of as cool. So if we can position Corey as being on his own, individual, independent, we increase his level of cool. And Amy now turns back to Corey and says, and how do you feel about the recent demise of your parents? And Corey assures her it's just temporary. As soon as I'm elected, you and dad will be found living amongst the bears in the Oregon woods. <laughs> Amy turns to Sean to, confirms the, to confirm this, and he relents and says, okay, and that is the end of the scene. The way that Sean paints this as oh well he's like living on his own and everything too and knowing again from season one where he accidentally got left on his own or like Mm -hmm. that whole time when he was alone he did not function well so (laughs) he fully (laughs) fell apart actually it was not a good time for him he cannot survive on his own at this moment Um, so we go to the next scene. We're back at school. Feeney is scolding a student about a late assignment just in the hallway, which is wild. And yeah. uh, the excuse is around it and tells him he has to turn it in by tomorrow or else. And the student finishes, you'll give me an F, kind of exasperated. Then <laughs> he says, I'll give you a G. As in G, if I'd just done my work on time, I wouldn't be the only 40-year-old in the seventh grade. Ta-ta! And he leaves. <laughs> Uh, the kid turns around to Corey and Sean, who just appear. They, like, step forward and are there with him. And Sean is wearing a Corey button. 
Uh, and the kid says, he's not human. And Sean asks, you want him gone? Kind of like he's starting a very shady drug deal. And the kid says, can you do that? And Sean's like, Corey can. If he's elected, Feeney's gone. And the kid, like, sort of disbelieving says, you can do that. And Sean continues, if that's what you want, that's what Corey will do. Spread the word. And the kid just kind of grins and leaves. And Corey says to Sean, I want to win too. But in what part of your diseased mind does the eighth grade class president get to fire the principal? John says, come on. It's just a campaign promise. It's what you say to get elected. Now, repeat after me. Give the people what they want. And Corey starts to protest. And John sticks his fingers in his mouth, which gross, and says again, give the people what they want. And Corey, through a mouthful of fingers, starts to repeat that phrase as they walk down the hallway. And that is the end of that scene. Uh, Sean spreading lies really hitting the nail on the head of just... Everything public opinion and politics and real world. It's fun. Honestly. It's fun topics here. <laughs> it's too real, actually. As we're coming up on an election year, too real. There's a moment later on uh, in this episode where I'll just read it now because it's what I was also talking about. But I was like, mm-hmm. we've already been going through so much in politics recently that this is actually stressful to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I'm just kind of done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we actually kind of get like reference that the next scene, um, which we will get to in just a second. Uh, We're in the cafeteria now. Sean and Corey walk in to see Meese making all sort of all sorts of campaign promises, like paying students to go to school and no more homework, which is actually a good one and correct. We should not be giving people homework. Um, And Sean says, this guy may be cheesier than we are. Corey asks what they do, and Sean goes, we break out the heavy cheese. And then he stands on a chair and says, let me tell you something, friends. How can you believe anything this guy says? He's got straight A's. He's been making you look dumb for years. Can we really trust this, this curve breaker? And he then starts chanting curve breaker, which everyone chimes in on because kids are impressionable, and then steps down to Corey and says, talk to them, Corey. Tell them what they want to hear. And Corey steps up on a chair and says, My fellow students, there are many challenging issues that currently face our school. Issues that seemingly have no solution. And the kids become immediately disinterested. And some start to leave as Feeney and Turner come in. Corey sees that he's losing them. uh, And he continues, And I'd say there'd be fewer issues if we spent less time here. What's the deal with this five-day school week? I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty much shot by Wednesday. So let's end the week there. (laughs) If I'm president... Thursday and Friday are part of the weekend. And the students cheer and he says, Mondays are optional. They cheer again. And he says, Tuesdays come in prepared to learn. And they cheer again. And he says, we are the future. And Mies comes up and says, hey, you can't make five-day weekends. And Corey rebuts, you can't pay kids to go to school. And Mies says, are you questioning my integrity? Sean's like, yeah, we are. And Mies is like, well, I'm questioning yours. And I have proof. Nobody move. And he scurries away. And Corey is very nervous. He's like, he doesn't have anything on us, does he? And Sean says, no, it's a blow. It's got to be. And then he thinks for a second and puts a hand on his shoulder and says, listen, man, a lot of weird stuff goes on in the trailer park. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Feeney and Turner are looking on in various states of disapproval. And Feeney asks, when do you step in and teach them about the democratic process? Turner's like, if Matthews wins, Tuesday. And Feeney says, Mr. (laughs) Turner, all I'm hearing from your little class election are ridiculous promises and character assassination. Turner, amused, says, too much like the real thing, George? But he says, yes, but don't we aspire for their generation to be better? And Turner agrees, but says, we can't just tell them what to do. We have to let them learn for themselves. And Feeney says, so you believe in letting them make their own mistakes? Turner says, yeah, I do. I don't think that's a bad way to go. Feeney says, nor I. In fact, I have that philosophy toward a certain young teacher that I know. And he leaves. And Turner waits a second and <laughs> says, 
that you mean me and he follows they're extremely fun together yes uh we cut back to the students and mies is leading a very dejected looking girl to the front of the gaggle of students he says voters and voterettes which is unnecessary because voters is gender neutral this poor exploited (laughs) young woman is named paula and she has a sordid story to tell go ahead paula tell them what you told me (laughs) this is so ridiculous paula very dramatically begins I was in third grade with Sean Hunter. One day, he and I were standing near the monkey bars and and she starts like fake tearing up here. She says, I can't go on. And Misa's like, go ahead, Paula, be strong. And she continues, well, Sean said that that all girls were icky. <laughs> the students all gasp dramatically and Sean's like, oh, come on, I never said that. And she says, you wrote it on my notebook and shows the notebook, which very like messy handwriting says, all girls are icky. And Sean's like, give me a break. I was only eight. I didn't like girls then, but I love them now. And me says, so you changed your mind? And Sean says, of course, because that is aging and growing as a person. And yep. me says, flip-flop and Sean is confused and Mies continues flip-flop he changed his mind about girls who knows what he'll change his mind about next and starts chanting flip-flopper uh but all the kids join in Corey stops the chanting and says wait Sean's not even running here and Mies asks but he represents you doesn't he and Sean's like I sure do and so Mies says Corey are you prepared to drop out of the race and Corey says no and Mies asks are you prepared to drop your flip-flopping one-time sexist campaign manager (laughs) which I just got so much about this is so ridiculous. Paula jumps in here and says, all I want is justice. Sean has to go. And me starts chanting, Sean must go, which everyone joins in on. And Corey says, wait, wait, don't you guys want a president who's loyal to his friends 1000%? And they all yell, no. And Corey says, really? That's that's what you guys want? And they're all like, yes. And Corey looks at Sean and then says, then Sean is out and everyone cheers and Corey looks at Sean excitedly and Sean looks back very sad boy energy and that is the end of that scene. Yeah, I didn't like that Corey fell for that or Immediately. just decided to take it and run because that was sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the scene is wild. Uh, <laughs> the fact that the insult that Sean came up with for the other kid was curve breaker, it made me <laughs> laugh really hard because... <laughs> The curves are always so annoying in school yeah. with taking tests, and I was like, "Oh, I don't miss that." But that's—it's such a funny insult. I don't, I don't think why. we had curves in my high school. Oh man, that's I think lucky. maybe one of my classes ever had curves, and I honestly wish I had more curves because when I took mm, chemistry and physics in like junior and senior year, and I was terrible at them, I could have used some curves. That would have been really nice for me. <laughs> Yeah, but having that one outlier that's like, you're going to do well every single time. Yeah, that's true. Whenever it's like, now it's the curve. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to figure out. Um, when he said, what's the deal with the five-day school week? I was like, you know what? What is the deal with five days? Um, I'm going through that right now. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, the extras just really out here giving it all that they can in this episode. <laughs> and that's really fun for me. Um, extremely camp of them. I don't understand when Feeney is going to learn that Turner just lets them do anything (laughs) when it comes to lessons. It's a learning experience. (laughs) This is always every single time that there's something that Turner's teaching that's kind of avant-garde. Feeney is always, when are you going to teach? And he's like, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And it's every time. (laughs) <laughs> um paula's speech was absolutely buck wild because it's of so how funny. how dramatic she gets yeah um 
And you kind of touched on it, but the idea of flip-flopping, quote-unquote, with views is just something today that I'm like, people can learn, okay? Yeah. And this is a very minor thing that happened with Sean, because he was a literal child, and that's different. A literal um, child. <laughs> but... That that's just a concept that I'm not gonna fully go into because I don't actually want to get into politic talk. But people can grow and like mm-hmm. learn from their past, you know, views. And, and in mistakes. fact, should <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's okay to flip flop, you guys. <laughs> so long as you're like actually understanding, uh, taking a new. It is okay to take in new information and say I was wrong about the thing, and now I have learned new information and changed my mind. That yes. is okay it's okay it's growing as a person now sean did it the weird way where now he's actually sleazy and not yes just like a good guy to girls so Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. a little different that honestly probably would have been the better way to take it yeah this is like all girls being icky he's like he's sleazy as hell yeah calling him him a one-time sexist is actively incorrect because he's regularly sexist he was literally sexist at the beginning of the episode (laughs) he was sexist like two scenes ago But yeah, let's let's die on that hill. He was yeah. he said something when he was eight that I've apparently also kept the notebook for this entire time. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, all right. Yeah, so the scene is that scene is just crazy. Um <laughs> yeah. just all around. It's so chaotic and hysterical. Um we go <laughs> into the next scene. They're still in the cafeteria. Sean and Corey are sitting in the cafe alone now. Sean is looking very sad. And Corey, he's like holding his button in his hand. And Corey's looking kind of giddy. Sean says, how could you do this to me? And Corey just completely ignores this and says, did you hear them cheer, Sean? I think we picked up a lot of girl votes. You said we were weak on girls. Sean just looks at him and then says, Corey, you fired me. And Corey's like, just a little. And Sean says, no, it was all of me. Corey's like, well, I had to. Come on. We're in this to win, right? And Sean says, we? 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 And he like squeals. <laughs> and Corey's like, Sean, you're squealing. And Sean yells, yeah, I'm squealing. That's what happens when your friend takes a gun and stabs you in the back right in front of your eyes. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh my God. Corey says, look, I just did what you told me to. I gave the people what they wanted. And Sean says, yeah, well, I want my campaign back. Corey's like, since when was it your campaign? And Sean says, only since I nominated you and told you what to say every step of the way. Corey's like, okay, you were helpful in the early going, and I'll never forget that. And Sean again says, you fired me. Corey's like, Sean, my friend, this is not a time for bitterness. This is a time for healing. And Sean stands up and says, you know what, Corey Matthews? If I met you just this minute, I wouldn't know who you are. And he goes to leave, and Corey fires back. I'm Corey Matthews, the next president of the eighth grade. Sean says, not without me, pal. And he leaves the cafeteria. Eric is now here for some reason and walks up to Corey and says, so how's the campaign? And the audience woos at his entrance, which is... This is why I was thinking about that, because I was like, I feel like that's how you can tell which scenes were filmed first, because the girls in the audience just had the biggest reaction. And I'm betting that that was the first time they see him. Apparently... Will Friedle is just a heartthrob just on the show um just with yeah. the audience so that makes sense but uh mm-hmm. yeah I was like I bet that that was the first scene that they filmed with him and they were like ah. that makes <laughs> sense they mind. probably filmed all of the they probably filmed all of the school scenes at once at the very beginning and then they did all the home scenes because sets oh that makes so much yeah. sense yeah yeah Corey says, we're just reevaluating, considering a new direction. And Eric says, mm-hmm, and that would be down? 
And Corey says, Sean was just holding me back. Eric's like, yeah, you're right. It's probably a good idea to dump your best friend for a dopey class election that you're going to lose anyway. And Corey looks up and says, you know what? You're jealous, huh? You're used to being the big man, Mr. Rugby shirt, Mr. Good hair, Mr. Dimples. And Eric sort of laughs and says, oh, stop, stop. And that makes like a give me more gesture. <laughs> and Corey continues, but when I'm president, people are going to look at you. And you know what they're going to say? Who's that sitting next to Corey? Who's that giving Corey the ride home? And Eric says, who's the guy with photos of little Corey running naked through the sprinkler? And Corey says, Eric, big deal. I was four. And Eric says, you were 12. And Corey <laughs> says, it was refreshing and that's the end of the scene that's just how it ends um the beginning of the scene when sean does the wee 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 and just keeps getting louder i did i did kind of cackle at that that was very funny to me when he did when he did the last one it was great um and then when he was like i want my campaign back sean literally was running that show even if he sucked like his ideas but yeah like, Corey needs to come down a step because that was all Sean. Mm-hmm. Nothing that Corey did besides just being the face of the average man. <laughs> yeah. This is such a ridiculous comparison, but it makes me think a lot of the show Scandal. I don't know if you ever watched Scandal. Mm, I did not. It was a Shonda Rhimes joint um, that got a little crazy at the end, but uh, the first, like, three seasons were phenomenal. And a lot of it was about the power play of who ran the president, like who was in control of the president because that was actually the most powerful person in the world. And I, for for some reason, I just thought about all the power play between that and Scandal because it was Sean's campaign, but like Corey was going to be the president. It just made me think of funny connections in your brain is uh, the moral of that anyway. (laughs) So we go to the next scene. We're in the Matthews kitchen. It's the middle of the night and Alan comes down to see Corey surrounded by posters and papers and asks what he's doing. He says he's working on his speech for tomorrow's debate. And Alan looks at part of his speech and asks how he's going to get them to shoot Baywatch at school. Corey says they have a pool. And Alan's like, no, you don't. And Corey tells him to keep reading. Alan does and says, ah, oh, and a water slide. Nice touch. What are you going to call it? Raging promises? And Corey tells him (laughs) it's just to get elected. And once he does, he'll do the real stuff, like clean up the graffiti and get better food in the calf, be an all-around voice for the students. And Alan says, that sounds good. Why not put that in there? And Corey says, because it's boring. Nobody votes for boring. People want to know what I want to give them. And Alan asks, even if it's not true? And Corey says, you know, Dad, you don't sound like you're behind me on this. And Alan says, Corey, I'm always behind you. I'm just not sure I'm behind what you're saying here. Corey says, I'm just trying to win. And Alan asks why that's important. And he says, so I can be president. And Alan asks why he wants to be president. And he says, so that I can finally fit in and be who I want to be. And he says, who is it that you want to be? And Corey shows him a poster that says, Corey Matthews, honest, loyal, decent. And Alan (laughs) says, honest to the voters, loyal to your best friend, and decent enough to kill off your parents. And he leaves. And Corey puts his poster down and has like a contemplative face. And that is how we end that scene. Yeah. Good parenting moment. Very funny joke about raging promises. I really enjoyed that, actually. It was subtle (laughs) enough. But yeah, I mean, he's doing the exact opposite of what Corey's been saying mm-hmm. he wants to do. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Learning. <laughs> So we go to the next scene. Uh, We're back at school. It's debate time. Feeney is moderating and tells the students after the debate, they will go back to class and vote and then introduces the candidates, Corey and Meese. 
whose first name is Calvin, I guess. Feeney says slim pickings indeed, and then asks for opening <laughs> statements. But before they can start, Turner comes out with a third podium and says, slight change of plans, George. And Feeney kind of throws his hand down in exasperation and goes, you said I could be the moderator. <laughs> that was very funny. And Turner says, well, now there's even more to moderate. And to the students, he says, technically, we never closed the nominations process. So as of now, there's a new candidate for president. And Feeney says, oh, good. Perhaps a serious-minded student appalled by the tawdry level of the campaign thus far. And Turner says, Sean Hunter. And Feeney looks up and goes, I quit. <laughs> and Sean <laughs> comes out. And Corey asks what he's doing. And he says, what I should have done in the first place, run for president myself. And Corey asks uh, Turner and Feeney if he can do this. And Feeney turns to Turner and says, this is your little experiment in democracy. Can he do this? And Turner says, I don't see why not. Democracy is always invigorated by the infusion of fresh new ideas. And Vinnie turns to Sean and says, do you have any ideas, Mr. Hunter? And Sean says, oh yeah, big honking ones. And Vinnie turns back to Turner and repeats, big honking ones. Mies to Sean says, so flip-flopper, call any girls icky lately? And Sean says, thank you for bringing that up, Calvin. He then addresses the students and does a long speech about how he did call girls icky, but it was when he had cooties, and he now stands before them cootie-free and girl-friendly, and to prove that, he brings Paul out to run as his co-president. And Corey asks again if he can do this, and Feeney again asks Turner, and Turner starts to say, I don't see why not, democracy is always, and Feeney cuts him off and says, oh, be quiet, which is very funny. <laughs> he asks how far Turner is willing to let it go, and Turner says, I have faith in these students and the electoral process, and maybe just another minute. And Corey says, Sean is only in this race to get back at me for firing him. And Sean shoots back, you're only in it because you didn't know who you were. And Corey says, I know who I am now. I'm Corey Matthews, man of the people. And Sean says, okay, man of the people, didn't you lie to the people? Corey says, I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. And Sean pushes, <laughs> didn't you make them outrageous promises that you knew you couldn't possibly deliver? Corey says, only because you told me to. And Sean's like, if I told you to jump off a bridge, would you listen to me? Corey says, yeah, I did that one time. Don't you remember? <laughs> he jumps in here and says, how could you vote for someone dumb enough to jump off a bridge? And Sean does not like this. He says, it was a mini golf bridge. He jumped in to get my ball. And don't call my friend dumb. And Corey says, yeah, there's no room in this campaign for name calling, you four-eyed frog-voiced geek. And Meese <laughs> fires back, my mother does not buy my clothes. And everyone just looks at him, confused. And he looks out at the audience and he says, I resign. And runs off. <laughs> the heck the heck was that i don't know man someone from the audience yells hey nice outfit and all the students cheer and feeney takes a gavel and calls the students to order and says this has all gone far enough go back to your classrooms and cast your votes for the remaining candidates and may god have mercy on your souls and Corey says, wait a minute, Mr. Feeney, before they vote, shouldn't they hear what we have to say? And Feeney says, no. And Corey's <laughs> like, look, I just want to say that before this election, I really didn't know who I was or what was important to me. But now, weeks later, after looking deep into my soul, I still have no idea. And Sean yells, <laughs> I know less than he knows. And Feeney says, thank you, Mr. Lincoln, but wait your turn. <laughs> and Corey, Corey continues, so I ran for president to find out who I was. And what I think I'm finding out is that I'm not a good candidate or a good friend. So I withdraw from the race and I think everyone here should vote for Sean. He's really the best friend you could ever have. And Sean says, no, I'm not. I'm worse than you. I made up every lie he told. I've known Corey all my life, and he really is honest, loyal, and decent. That's what you are, Cor. That's all you need to be. I withdraw from the race, too. And Corey says, well, Mr. Feeney, we're both out. And Feeney says, yes, well, I'm sure you'll do well in the private sector. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Paula steps up and says, wait a second. I wanted to be president. I wanted my life to mean something. And Sean says, you want to grab a burger? And she says to Feeney over her shoulder, I'm out. And Link says with Sean, and they leave the stage. And Feeney to Turner says, well, your little experiment in democracy has left the eighth grade leaderless for next year. Turner says, too bad. I was looking forward to Matthew's five-day weekend. And Feeney again addresses the students and says, okay, everyone, that's our show. We now return you to your regular Friday schedule. All the students stand up to leave, but Topanga stands up and says, wait a minute, our class needs a leader. And she starts to take the stage. She says, and if we ignore all of our problems, they're not just going to, and here she looks at Corey, who's still at the podium and says, go away. And she steps up to the podium (laughs) and and continues giving a speech about taking care of graffiti and replacing old textbooks and better calf food and finishes, and if elected, I will be a voice for the entire student body. And Corey, Tiffany and Turner says, she's got my vote. You know, she would make a great president. Turner says, yeah, I knew it all worked out. And he's like, you do realize how lucky you are. And Turner replies, yes, sir, very lucky. And DeVega continues, what we really need is someone who will work hard to make small but real changes that'll make a difference in our daily lives. And Corey to them again says, honest, loyal, and decent. And then a kid stands up from the audience and says, how about a water slide? And she points to him and says, you got it. And then Corey aside again says, and the power means nothing to her. And Topanga <laughs> starts to lead a chant of her own name and everyone follows. And that freeze frame, along with the executive producer Michael Jacobs name being pushed out of the credits by Topanga's name is how we end the episode proper. It is very fun and cute. Those credits were really funny to me. Yeah. Um, which I love IMDb called them, quote, crazy credits. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> That's something. Crazy credits. <laughs> Yeah, this debate was also fun. Mm-hmm. Love Sean's bold move uh, to just run at the last minute and also have a co-candidate. That was exciting. Yeah. Again, that resign that resign thing about <laughs> my mother does not buy my clothes <laughs> was just so strange but so funny. So silly. But I love I love that Sean. Okay. Sean, no matter what happens between him and Corey, just like always sticks up for Corey and always has his back. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that because him just immediately jumping to his defense and he's like, don't call my friend dumb. He was actually helping me for something. I was like, you could have taken a weird route of feuding because they were against each other. But it was like, that's so sweet. And Corey like fired him earlier in the episode and just turned his back on him. So it's like, hey, he's actually loyal to you, unlike you. (laughs) And I love the really tiny, subtle TV joke that Feeney made when he was like, and that's our show. <laughs> just return to your regular Friday schedule, considering that just, the show came out on Friday. Yeah, yeah, it was a TJF show. It's a little, little fourth, uh, fourth wall breaking for the funsies. But yeah, and then Topanga, just get him. She actually has good ideas besides <laughs> that waterslide quip at the end. But uh, she's great. She's Always great. great. It's very fun. It's a super cute and fun little ending. Quick end credits. We're in the Matthews kitchen. Amy and Alan are talking as Amy like puts food away and she says, Corey seemed really quiet during dinner. And he's like, yeah, well, at least we didn't have to listen to any campaign promises. And she says, poor little guy. He would have made such a cute president. He says, I think he's better off. I'm actually kind of proud of him for dropping out. And Amy is surprised as she didn't know this. And Alan says, yeah, made a bunch of promises he couldn't keep. And it finally caught up to him. Good lesson to learn. You cannot make promises like that. People remember. And Amy says, yeah, like when you promised to take (laughs) me to Europe. And he says, exactly. And she asks if he remembers when he said that. And he says, yes, I do. We were sitting at that place. And she's like, 
that's right. We were drinking that wine and eating all those strawberries. And you said, sweetheart, one day I'm going to take you to Paris. I promise. And he says, that's a promise I'm going to keep. This summer, Paris, you can book the tickets. And she kisses him and he says, Paris, you and me, babe. And he leaves the kitchen. And Eric, who's been sitting at the table doing homework this whole time, he gets up and says, mom, did dad really promise to take you to Paris? And she says, of course he did. Just now. And Eric laughs that that's the end of the episode in full. <laughs> that's a very good ending. I love that. Yeah. I love their relationship. It's just fun. It's just funny. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was the lesson, Sid? Yeah, this one's fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, this one is very political, but it also just applies to life. One, if... Being at the top involves being disloyal to folks or like turning your back on everything that you know uh, and lying to people and everything. It's probably not worth it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's fun. But also just in general, if Corey would have been himself and actually took a minute to understand the I know they were trying to like learn the whole process and everything. <laughs> but if he took a minute to actually figure things out and be himself Every single time that he's ever been faced with being with people and actually understanding people and them understanding him, everyone has liked him for the Mm -hmm. most part. And so it's like you could have just been yourself, like how you promised that you were or like put yourself out there as and it probably would have worked and you probably would have been the president. Um, so that's just something. Just don't do what Corey did at all. Um, (laughs) Just be yourself, man. Really? Just be yourself. It's fine. And also, if we're going all the way back to the beginning of the episode, just try new things. You probably find something that you like. <laughs> you didn't and you didn't know that you liked it, but um there you, there you go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I I super have nothing to add. I think it's uh you did you did a great job as always. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I think, man, do I did I get a lesson from this episode and <laughs> I, I try. I try real hard, but um there you go. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Hey, Thank you so much for listening. It's now the end of the podcast where we do, you know, the stuff we do. Yeah. Let me pull <laughs> it up. Um, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Lost Years Pod, where we share when the episodes are out. We share fun memes and we also ask what you are nostalgic for. We got a couple this week or a few. We got a few. So I'm going to read them. Um the question I posed this week was, what's your favorite museum you've ever visited? Ooh. Uh, yeah, fun, right? Yeah. Um, so at French Toast said, it's got to be the Museum of Science in Boston. I loved going all through my childhood, and I still get so amped to go in adulthood. There's so much to see and interact with. And just shared a photo that is um, a space area of the museum, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, another one was from at Kel's Calzone's Friend of the Pod. Friend of the Pod. Said, does the Crayola factory count? I remember going a few times as a kid and having the most fun, making my own crayons and learning about art in general. Ah, that sounds so fun. That sounds really fun. I want to make my own crayons. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go. Oh, geez. Okay. And then at Checks926 says the PA State Museum. We used to go every year after we attended the PA Farm Show. My brother was terrified of the huge statue of William Penn. He had nightmares <laughs> about it and uh-huh. shared a photo of the William Penn statue. Uh-huh. Um, so thank you for those. Yeah, thanks so much. Oh, man. My favorite museum is probably the Museum of Science and Industry, MSI, mm, so, as we call it. It's a good museum. It's a great museum. And we went uh, a few times throughout my childhood and also on uh, – 
I want to say more than one school field trip. And every other year, our prom was at the Museum of Science and Industry. They switched off between the between MSI and the Field Museum here in Chicago, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, super cool. The The year that I went to prom, it was at the Field Museum, which is like still a very cool and fun museum. And also probably better dance-wise because it's got a bigger, yeah. more open, like down, down area. But um you know, I think MSI is a more fun museum because it's very interactive. There's lots of stuff. And uh, anyway, tangent aside, uh, I love I love the Museum of Science and Industry. There's already always so many cool things, and uh, they have a baby they have a baby chicks like yes, exhibit they where they'll just be just like basically showing the entire like process of like egg to chick, and then they had an incubator where sometimes you could just watch chicks pop out of eggs, and it's so cute and cool and fun. And this is my favorite part of the MSI. Um, and yeah. It's cool, cool, fun, good museum. Yeah, I love that museum so much. We used to travel to Chicago practically every winter for our winter break when I was uh, in grade school, which is funny because it's very cold. Um, And everyone else went to Florida and we went to Chicago. So that worked. Um, But it was pretty cheap. So we got to do a bunch of stuff. And we always went to Museum of Science and Industry. And I just went there the last time that I was in Chicago. And it warmed my heart. And it was so good. And it's just nice. Yeah. I love that museum. Um, my favorite museum is kind of, I don't know if it's like my favorite one that I love going to and this is weird because um, I'm from Michigan and there is uh, if you know about Michigan that's where cars a lot of cars are made um, yeah. Oh yeah. and it's like Motor City so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Detroit's fun but there's a museum there that is the Henry Ford Museum and it's weird but it's also such a cool museum and Henry Ford you know is a person that is problematic and Mm -hmm. not the best. But what I love about this museum is that they have, and again, this is weird, so just bear with me. The whole thing (laughs) is like American innovation, but it's like the cool parts of actually the innovative America um, because they have like a lot of things about flying and uh, they have like a whole civil rights exhibit that is uh, awesome in my opinion, but they have like Rosa Parks buses there. Um, honestly, it's weird. They have like the chair that Lincoln got shot in, but they have (laughs) a bunch of things that I'm like, how, how do you get this? Um, and because it's like a big car state and city and everything, I mean, they have so many different types of cars from like the Model T all the way up until today. And then they have like a bunch of famous presidential cars and like carriages and like trains and just, it's, it's such a cool museum. And also just went there over Thanksgiving break. But that was just a big part of my childhood. They have a bunch of old time diners and radio things. And just like there's a whole spot when it's going through the ages. So you get to see like every single decade of like different innovations and like culture changes. And it's just it's so cool. I can't. It's it's such a weird niche little museum. Yeah. It's just like in (laughs) in Detroit area. But I, I did spend a lot of time also growing up there. And so that place means a lot to me. Aww. Uh, that's it's lovely. Yeah. They just had the Marvel exhibit had rolled through <gasps> there because they have like oh. the touring exhibits come yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, They had the Jim Henson one came through. Uh, wow. They had like a Pixar one when I was growing up. I'm pretty sure we had the Marvel one and a Pixar one at MSI too, but I couldn't go to either of them because things cost money. And also MSI is all the way on the south side. It's really, it's kind of yeah. hard to get to. Um, so yeah, yeah, but yeah, man. That's fun. That's cool. We had like an overnight trip there in elementary school and got to do a lot of things. And it was just, it was exciting. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's really cool. The weirdest thing about when you go through the ages, the different decades and everything, is that they do have an early 2000s area. And seeing stuff of my childhood in a museum now is weird as hell. Yeah, that's um, super weird. <laughs> That's where they had that translucent uh, Game Boy color and everything. Ah. And I was like, "Mm, I had these things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for those submissions. Mm -hmm. And if you want to send us anything else, you want to tell us what you're nostalgic for or what your favorite museum is, uh, you can email us at thelostyearspod at gmail.com. We might, we probably will read. We definitely, we definitely will read your email on the show for sure. Oh, a million percent. <laughs> um, unless it's like paragraphs long, in which case we might not. But we'll read parts of it probably. So, you know, email us. Tell us how you're feeling. Tell us what you think of the show. Um, we'd love to hear from you. You can also rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It really helps us out, helps people find the show, makes us feel good. It's a nice thing to do for for us and for yourself. Mm-hmm. Altruism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows like Timeline Scavengers. It's big Marvel time, baby. So Ayo. we're just... Hey, follow it. Um, And Frankenstein's Jukebox on www.scavengersnetwork.com. And if you like our show, which you do, and the others on the network, please consider backing us at patreon.com slash the scavengers network. It only costs $2 a month and it gets you access to hours and hours of bonus content and every donation helps support us and the network. I just watched our bonus content and I promise that it's going to be a fun little video. So just donate $2 and you can come see it and hang out (laughs) and it's going to be a fun time. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, If you want to find us individually, our personal socials are on our show socials. You know, it's a... I don't know a better way to say it. I just don't. I, I, I can't think of a better one. Please send me a better way to say that. <laughs> tweet it at me. I've tweeted at me. Um, but you can find me on the internet, twitch.tv slash it's Um, I got a lot going on over there. And I think uh, when this episode comes out, I'm also going to just real quickly promote my live Twitter uh, at Tay's Live Tweets because tonight when this drops is the season finale of The Bachelorette. So I will certainly be live tweeting that if you want to come nice. hang out with me over there. Um, oh my gosh, this season is, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so good. I love it so much. Michelle is the best Bachelorette ever. Um, and I just want her to be happy so bad. I hope she's happy. I really hope she gets what she wants out of this. And oh man, I love her. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that or twitch.tv slash it's Tayco is where you can find me. Um, that's also a very fun place to be. So come hang out and uh, I'll I'll see you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Sudsley. Uh, just whenever I can, I try to post. I haven't thought of anything fun lately, so it's been, <laughs> it's been stagnant. Uh, but also at Sid Live Tweets for that live Twitter account is Will. Yeah, I don't know. I've just had a lot going on. Yeah, it's just a busy time. <laughs> but when this episode drops, Tay and I will have seen each other again in person. So that's really yeah. exciting. We um, were going to try and record one in person, but it's just going to be too busy of a weekend to make that happen. So it's too we're much. <laughs> unfortunately not going to be able to do that. But that's okay. We will be hanging out. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. We have a friendship. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine if we just hated each other <laughs> off show. <laughs> we just weren't really friends. <laughs> that would be the weirdest energy it would Um, be weird and also we would be phenomenal actors (laughs) yeah 
th- that would be the best plot twist reveal is like truly we actually are not hate one another yeah <laughs> i can't stand tag yeah unfortunately um this podcast was the end point of our friendship but we already committed so we had to keep doing it we promised you seven seasons so we're gonna give you seven we're seasons, gonna do no it no matter what even though we hate each other <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. <laughs> we, we just have our videos off the entire time that we're talking. I can't even look at her. I can't even look at each other. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well. That's a fun energy to end the show super on. Super good energy to end the show on. Um, until next time. Your Tay. Your Sid. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, fam. <laughs>